Chapter 5 of The Jay Bird Who Went Tam by John Breck. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Further doings of the woods folk at the barn. If Tommy Peel wondered what Dr. Muskrat was doing up at the watering trough just outside his barn door, he did a lot more wondering when he stepped inside, for there, on top of the feet bin, with her fur all puffed out, and her tail as prickly as a caterpillar, perched the house cat, and beneath her, thumping very severely, with a fine wad of pussycat fur in each of his hind toenails, sat Nibble Rabbit. The cat was whining. Oh, please, let me go. I didn't mean to. Honest, I thought it was a rat. Nibble gave his ears a big flap. Now, ma'am, he was stating decidedly. You can't fool me. A bunny doesn't smell the least bit in the world like any rat. You were trying to hunt my children, but you won't mean to next time. I know that. I only rolled you over, this time, just to show you that a rabbit can fight. Next time. Next time, squawked Chirp Sparrow, who had his first nest rubbed by that very same tubby tiptoes. Next time, he'll set you spinning three ways at once, until your brains are as adult as a frosted egg. Me were, begged the poor pussy. Please, Tammy Peel, let me out, and I'll run back to the house. Truly, I will. I hope these wild things will teach you some manners, said Tommy Peel. Whatever Nibble did to you is nothing to what you'll get if you try your tricks on Dr. Muskrat. He carried away down past the gate, so she wouldn't meet him. Good clover leaves, whispered Nibble in surprise, when he saw how gently Tammy treated his enemy. Do you suppose he'll be cross with me for what I've done? Don't flatter yourself, Chirp assured him. Tammy never takes sides between his friends, though why he's friends with that cat. When he knows the things she does is more than I can tell you. You'll have to ask what's the dog about it. Sure enough, when Tammy came back to the barn, he put out a handful of feed for his rabbit, just as though there hadn't been the least bit of trouble, and his eyes didn't open so very wide when silk ears and all her bannies began to pop out from under the mangers and inside the hay and beneath the bucks he used for milking stool. And he didn't have to look at the dust on their whiskers to know they'd been dipping into the cow's breakfast. Some of the cows were telling him so. But it doesn't take much to start some folks sniffing and moaning. A nice clean bonny paw 
never spoiled the red cow's appetite, and the white cow gave Tommy a nudge while he was milking her, that said plain as words, "Isn't it fun to have Nibble with us again?" Now Doctor Masquerade and Nibble Rabbit weren't having any livelier time than Striped Skunk. And his kittens were in the bottom of the haystack, hunting the rats they found there. A rat is pretty dangerous for a skunk kitten to hunt, as dangerous as though a small boy went hunting bobcats. But it's the skunk kitten's business to take chances, and it isn't the small boys. There aren't very many rats in the woods. Sometimes one goes sneaking down the high grass, beside a fence, or snoops into a twiggy bush, after baby birds in nesting time. Sometimes one picks up tadpoles, when the muddy ponds they hatched in begin to dry up. But mostly rats live very close to man. Why they do is a special secret. I'll tell you some winter night. So you see, striped skunks kittens hadn't much chance to deal with such big game. They were awfully proud and excited about it. It didn't take the rats in the haystack very long to find it was a very poor place to be. They can eat hay if they have to. But they can't live on it, like a field mouse can. They get hungry, but every time one ventured its whiskers out of a hole, striped skunk's kittens would pounce on it. It didn't matter how creepy, crawly, quiet they were; a kitten was sure to hear them. At last, the wisest of them thought of a plan. Grave whisker," said he. "You take one hole, broken tooth the next, scarfoot the next, and egg eater the last. Each of you will squabble about inside his burrow, as though he meant to run. The minute he is quiet, the one to the windy side of him must take his turn. That will keep those striped beasts." Running round and round the stack, every third turn, run to the center, and all squeak as though you were fighting. That will keep them interested. They won't hear me make a brand new hole, and then we'll plan how we can sneak out while they aren't looking. Now, do you know what that rat, his name was Snatch, meant to do? He meant. To keep them all busy, while he dug that new hole for himself, and then sneak out without telling them, that's right for you. They cheat each other just as much as they do anybody else, but the others couldn't think of any better plan, so they trusted him. Only they made one mistake: the skanks weren't running round and round that haystack. They were sitting perfectly still, each one with his nose at a hole. But one after another pricked up his ears 
as the rat pretended to come out, and dropped them when he scuttled back again. Wise old Papa Stripes was tiptoeing around, finding all their trails, so if one did get by a kitten, he'd know where it was likely to go. Hmm, he sniffed. They're playing a game, aren't they? We'll just see who's IT. Scrabble, scratch, squeak, went Broken Tooth, Scarfoot and Egg Eater, each in turn. Each time the kitten stationed outside his hole pricked up its ears, and its wavy tail would tremble to the tip, and its claws would catch for a lip. Dig and gnaw, gnaw and dig, when the selfish snatch the cleverest rat of them all, making himself a new hole to sneak out through. They were helping him, but he wasn't going to help them, not he. Papa Stripes laid his head on one side and considered the case. Then a sly smile raised his whiskers. Pit-pat, pit-pat. He marched around the stack whispering to each of his kittens in turn. You see the slit in the old elm tree? He asked one. The kitten nodded. Did you notice the rat path under the kitchen coop? He asked the next. Looks to me like a rat hole under that corn crib, huh? He asked the third. He didn't give any orders like you do this or you do that, because he wanted the kittens to think for themselves. But he did show them what to think about. Nip, slip, came Snatch, creeping out of the new hole he'd just made for himself. Pounce, Stripes closed it up behind him. Now rat, he chuckled. Let's see you run, and let's see who catches you. Weak! Snatch made for a slit in the elm. A kitten was there before him. The chicken coop then? No, the corn crib. Was Tommy's barnyard all full of hunting skunks? A hole. A hole? He'd find one in the barn, under the grain bin. He raced for the door. The kittens after him gaining every bound with their father's most scared to death. He wouldn't be on time to lend a tooth if they needed it. That's how Snatch came to dive right between Tammy's tall rubber boots as he stepped out the barn door with a milk pail in his hand. That's how the skunk kittens came to flash past before the milk he slapped over could fall on them. My land, he exclaimed. What are you doing here? As though he couldn't see for himself. They were all three scrimmaging with Snatch the Rat at the very mouth of the rat hole. They never knew which of them killed him. Eow, squealed Stripes, prancing in his pride. Isn't that some hunting? Then back, they all ramped to catch those poor hungry fellows in the haystack, who thought Snatch was taking a mighty long time to make their new hole for them.
End of chapter 5